I don't say, man. It goes deep. <laughs> Not my dollar bill. <laughs> I can't believe city streets and architecture. I, I knew that that was all laid out in yeah. ritualistic ways. Yeah. yeah. All the way up to the phallus, right? The yes. What is it called? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, He's laughing. I'm definitely vaguely aware of several of these things. The, the money, the uh, architecture, and the layout of the city, but. It's interesting just hearing all of it laid out at once right now. Yeah. So I, I gotta push back on the architecture thing a little, and the, even the dollar bill, like, aren't these just, like, generic symbols? It seems like a lot of the symbols we associate free, with Freemasonry are just, like, things we would associate with, like, masonry. Well, yeah. And that's ergo buildings. Erico, a country full of buildings where the buildings represent power, so, which would show up on a dollar bill. I would agree with that, except that the people who designed them also were Masons. <laughs> right, right. Correlation, though, not necessarily causation. Like, yeah. I mean, it depends on how Mason-y they are, maybe. Yeah. Like, are they just like I'll everything I do is Mason, or is it this little thing I got on the side? I'll put it to you this way. If we go downtown Cleveland, one of the biggest uh, convention centers down there has a giant Masonic symbol on it. If I go down over to Sugar and Falls, one of the biggest buildings on the square has a giant Masonic symbol on it. <laughs> which which sim which buildings are these? The the one downtown. Go with the one downtown. Know the one on Euclid or yes. Chester. That, that one's huge. It's huge, yeah. And yeah. it's Wait, you're talking like the big old brick building yeah. that says like Masonic something or other on it? Yeah. Yep. Because that's actually like a Masonic building, right? It is. Well, yeah. Masonic it is. It. And yeah. it's it's used for conventions. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's keep going. But yeah, I don't. I don't think something like a pyramid with it, an all-seeing eye on top of it, is necessarily sort of stock imagery that could just arrive on a piece of money. Like, I think that's specific enough that that is I a little don't weird. See that motif <laughs> popping up in any other uh, symbolism. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I would probably agree with that, especially on the dollar bill, right? It's, yeah. it's implying, this is me being a conspiracy theorist, that they have control <laughs> over the money supply. Yeah. Now, the, uh, so just so you understand how widespread the, different, the two different main rights are, the American Masonic Lodges are mostly split under two grand lodges or jurisdictions, the American Free and the Accepted Masons and the Free and Accepted Masons. One controls the Grand Lodges in 24 states. The latter controls the Grand Lodges in 25 states. There are two exceptions, South Carolina, which is under its own ancient Freemason, and the District of Columbia, which has the free and accepted Masons. They mutually recognize each other as regular but different details, yet all trace their origin to the Grand Lodge of England. So I think it's definitely interesting here that a lot of the things that are brought up just have these sort of undertones of just how various religions sort of split and uh, intermingle with each other. Like, uh, say in Christian history, we have the the church, and then we have a schism, and then we have, like, okay, we kind of accept each other, we kind of don't, things going on, and then now we have rights— various rights that are like in competition or mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i oh go ahead uh you said that all these different lodges still have their allegiance toward england i.e right king george right 
i.e. the old way before America became America, right? Right. And so it would almost seem that if that's how Freemasonry and, and Masons still devote their their allegiance and loyalty to, that they would work to undermine the American experiment here. You know what I mean? Yeah. This idea of what, you know, what England never wanted or, or George never wanted here. Right. It does make you wonder. Kind of like the Bilderberg. So, so go ahead. So how do we square the... Uh, explicit allegiance of the Freemasons at one time to England and George with the over-representation of Masons among founding fathers and uh, early American revolutionaries. That's a good how question. Does that, how does that play out? Yeah, that is a very good question. <laughs> go, go ahead, Aaron, answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't even explored the different parts of that yet. So this next part of Masons, I actually have an attachment to. So. Um, one of my relatives, <laughs> one of my relatives was a Shriner. So the Shriners are the, uh, they're kind of like the, uh, the charity side of the, uh, the Freemasons. Shriner. Yeah. Like a. No, 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 not. So oh, Shriners I actually. Gonna, I was going to make a joke that aren't the Shriners the guy or the, aren't the Freemasons the guys with the little cars. But I didn't realize they were actually the same thing. Oh they my goodness. are. That's wow. right. In fact, Mind you blown. have to you have to be one to become one. So wow. uh, the most what? influential fraternal order in America remained Freemasonry. Catering to special interests, side orders, or appending bodies also emerged. Probably the best known is the Ancient Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine, or simply Shriners. They were partly an outgrowth of an obsession with the Orientalism gripping European and American society during the late 19th century. In 1870, a wealthy New York Freemason named William J. Florence visited France. One evening, he was invited to an exotic entertainment hosted by an Egyptian diplomat. He and other guests even went through a mock or perhaps real initiation into a secret society. Back at Manhattan's posh Knickerbrocker Hotel, Florence enlisted a dozen well-heeled masons to establish Mecca Temple, the first lodge of the Shriners. Initiation was restricted to master masons who had completed the Scottish or York Rite. Exclusivity added to its mystique. In time, however, membership would grow to tens and hundreds of thousands. Maybe the most interesting thing about the Shriners is that they're a kind of fake Islam. Prayers are offered to Allah, and oaths are taken on a Quran. Their imitation inspired even more imitators. In 1889, a group of master masons in upstate New York formed the Mystic Order of Veiled Prophets of the Enchanted Realm. Their headgear was a black fez, as opposed to the Shriners' red one. Black Shriners first appeared in Chicago in 1893. To distinguish themselves from White Shriners, the African-American version was named the Ancient Egyptian Arabic Order Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. There you go. Didn't know that. Nope. Yeah. It's only open to Master Masons. Mm. And... Which is only the third degree? 33. The 33rd degree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, the Shriners only open to Master Masons? Yeah. I mean, they just look like normal dudes with fezzes and little cars and parades. <laughs> hey, 
Fezzes like, are cool. They look like the average Knight of Columbus. <laughs> they look like they serve like, peanuts the at the stadiums. The speed, I don't know. <laughs> just to seem a little more prominent. I'm not saying that like, looks would be anything, but they just look like some dude, you know, I'd see walking down the street or whatever. That's just hurtful, like, Keith. That's hurtful. And like... Something yeah, else. I'm like, I'm like, like, man, if you're if you're a master mason, I expect you to be just walking down the street, you know, like, and always in like a full suit, and you're just like, you're just, you got like yeah. five cell phones, and you're yeah, commanding yeah. like world deals, but no, you're just like some overweight guy in a little car. <laughs> I don't know, with a cool small car. Be, you know, not, I don't want to make any comments about. No, I don't. Bodies, you mean, yeah. You're on a secret society, so it's a little weird. So okay, maybe I will. You're expecting like Lord Raiden, you know what I mean? You know he's a mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they get their own cars. <laughs> but, uh, maybe I should put it this way. You're not expecting Someone the manager at the DMV. You know what I mean? Bod, right? <laughs> and again, fezes are cool. Because <laughs> I have a dad bot. They can't, we can't be the same. <laughs> You're a master mason. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I actually have a relative uh, well, who was, he has passed on, who was a, uh, a Shriner. So, hmm. so yeah, so I actually have a connection to that and maybe it's because of that, but I've actually been asked to be a Mason and they're not supposed to ask you just so you know, they're not supposed to ask you. You are supposed to inquire. I've been asked to be a Mason four times. So yeah, there is that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Four times I've been asked to be a Mason. Can you do that and be Catholic? No. It's one or the other. Mm. Or can you? Can you be Catholic and own a little car if you're not a Shriner? You can still own a small car. <laughs> nice. Close enough. NFS? Yeah. I, hey. Sweet. Hey, why don't we, why don't we join? <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is a few other connections. So it turns out, now this is actually a, I pulled this from an article. So this will be a, this will be word for word what I'm reading right now from the article. All right. So just so you know, this is not my words. <laughs> uh, but Disclaimer. this this actually comes from a uh, from a, this was written. This is actually written uh, in honor of somebody's father. So it's meant to be positive, not negative. All right. So i.e. not anti-Semitic. Yes. You can't fire Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> it's not meant to be anti-Semitic. It's meant to actually show a positive light to it. But um, here we go. So it says Jews were actively involved in the beginnings of Freemasonry in America. There's evidence they were among those who established masonry in seven of the original 13 states. Rhode Island, New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia. A Jewish Mason, Mason Moses Michael Hayes, helped introduce the Masonic Scottish Rite in America. Hayes was also deputy in uh, Inspector General Masonry for North America in 1768 and Grand Master of Massachusetts from 1788 to 1792. Paul Revere served under him as Deputy Grand Master. There were several other Jews, or say Jewish people, who held the title of Deputy Inspector General Masonry in the late 1700s. Simon Bush in Pennsylvania, Joseph Myers in Maryland, and later in South Carolina, and Abraham Forrest of Philadelphia in Virginia in 1781. Another Jewish grandmaster was Moses, I'm going to butcher this name, Sykesis, so Sykesis in Rhode Island. 
from 1791 until 1800, there were many other American Jewish nations in early American history, including one in George Washington's original Fredericksburg Lodge. So it, it's very interesting, and the, the, the link for that will be inside there as well. Uh, he, that's a very long article written by a Jewish man to talk about his uh, father, who was actually a master mason, and he wanted to highlight how many, how deeply involved uh, it was. There was one rabbi, which apparently I missed. I didn't add it. I was supposed to. Uh, there was one rabbi who actually said that the the roots of it are are deeply Jewish with the um, the uh, English people. So there's a crossover right there from from the the Jewish people to the English people and the roots of Freemasonry. It's kind of interesting because you're talking about very very deep roots in the old world. So it kind of makes you wonder where the crossover is. But it's very, very interesting how deep it goes into different cultures and comes up. Even wondering if maybe some of the the Islamic not just inspired the Shriners, but maybe even they were involved in that as well. So it shows a, a cross culture of different ideas in the Freemasons themselves. Mm. So, well, even if we're talking about Adam Weishop, Weishop. I'll and, go with that pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> Under the Bavarian order, right? Yeah. Wasn't his roots, like his family lineage, couldn't they be traced back to uh, like the uh, Levitical priests? So it they did trace it back to, he believed, yeah, going back to the, the Levitical priests, he did believe that he was of those origins. That's, so. that's, that's deep. That means he's <laughs> allowed to be Catholic, right? <laughs> <laughs> But what else bump. could he be back then? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, cheap shot. <laughs> so wait, how hard is it to become a master mason? Because it sounds so powerful. Like when you think of like the influence of this group, is it that hard? Then? No, you could do it online on about a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> or there's an app for it. Right. I'm sure there's an app for it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm thinking like if if the if the Knights of the Columbus are, are kind of a, a Catholic mirror of the Freemasons, not in terms of being, you know, the Freemason stuff, but just being a secret society Catholics are allowed into. Like, I know becoming the top level of a Knight of Columbus isn't particularly hard. <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah. you're touching on that, Keith. So, it turns out Catholicism and Freemasonry is my next subject. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I knew there was a connection. So, the Catholic Church has difficulties with Freemasonry because it is indeed a kind of religion unto itself. The practice of Freemasonry includes temples, altars, a moral code, worship services, vestments, feast days, a hierarchy of leadership, initiation, burial rites, and promises of eternal reward and punishment. While in America most Masons are Christian and will display a Bible on their altar, in the same lodges or elsewhere, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, or other non-Christian religions can be admitted and may use their own sacred scriptures. In France, in 1877, the Grand Orient Lodge eliminated the need to believe in God or the immortality of the soul, thereby admitting atheists into their fold. This atheistic type of Freemasonry spread particularly in Latin countries. Hmm. Moreover, the rituals involve the corruption of Christianity. The cross is merely a symbol 
of nature, <clears throat> of nature and eternal life, devoid of Christ's sacrifice for sin. I-N-R-I, for Christians, Iesus Nazarenus Rex Ladorum, i.e., Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, means for Masons, Igne Natura Renovatur Integra, the fire of nature rejuvenates all, referring to the sacred fires, truth and love, regeneration of mankind, just as the sun regenerates nature in the spring. The Catholic Church for first prohibited Catholics from membership in Masonic organizations and other secret societies in 1738. Since then, at least 11 popes have made pronunciations about the incompatibility of Catholic doctrine and Freemasonry. From 1738 until 1983, Catholics who publicly associated with or publicly supported Masonic organizations were censured with automatic excommunication. Since 1983, their prohibition on membership exists in a different form. So, it is excluded by Catholicism. It is, in doctrine. Yes. But one has to ask the question, why would they go to that length to say you can't be or you'll be excommunicated or X, Y, Z, unless there had been infiltration of the Masonic order into the Catholic Church? So there has been some note of it. Uh, in fact, recently, oh, I, don't, I don't know if you keep up on uh, on uh, <laughs> I don't know if you keep up with uh, the other uh, rites in Catholicism, Keith. But uh, are you are you familiar with the Knights of Malta? I've heard of them. I know nothing about them. All right, so the Knights of Malta are a sovereign nation within Catholicism. Like they literally are their own nation. Like, like if you need a passport to get to them, <laughs> they are their own nation. So uh, you can be enlisted and you have to make sure that you are a good Catholic and good standing and you are practicing and helping in charities and you are an exemplary in your, in your life to become a Knight of Malta. Uh, it's, it's not easy. Uh, but... The Pope specifically went there and made sure that he made a mandate that none of them be Freemasons, which brought up the suspicion that he knew that some mm -hmm. of them were Freemasons. <laughs> so Was it more like, hey, none of you guys can wink, <laughs> wink, be Masons? Yeah, well, it's one of those where he felt so strong about it, he made a public declaration for it. So when oh. and when a pope makes a public declaration about it, it means don't do this. <laughs> so yeah, so he spoke very strongly on it. So which tells us that somebody was a mason among them. So there's no doubt there's got to be like I mean you just think of like what people don't know about people like exactly. it's got to be pretty easy to be a double agent in exactly. secret societies. Yeah. So, I'm glad you brought Double Agent up, because what I, <laughs> what I did not bring up in my slides was part of my studies, but it's it goes so deep. We may cover it in a whole episode. Um, guess who was a double agent to the U.S. and to Europe, and who was a spy for both sides? And, Secret agent, man. <laughs> and was a staunch Freemason. 
I'll give you a hint. He was secret agent 666. Stop. Yes. No. Yes. Nobody? He called himself the Beast. I've never heard of this. No. Kushner? No, but it sounds like a good movie. Aleister Crowley. Oh. Aleister Crowley was actually an agent for both sides. He was, he called himself and was Agent 666 to both sides, and his secret code name was The Beast. (laughs) (laughs) And he was among the highest ranking Freemasons. Not that surprising. (laughs) He seems like somebody who who needed a lot of attention. You know, when you're when you're doing talk show interviews, I mean, like, are you really worshiping the devil? <laughs> but yeah, it's Maybe. not the first. Like, that I can see because I can think of like, what is like that one? Like, uh, what was it? Was it D who was like also like a uh, a spy and also a big occultist? I think John D, but that was like uh, older English era. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So pretty interesting, right? It is interesting. Yeah. Mm. So I thought we'd do a little bit of, of wandering across secret societies, who we had to find. Um, I could have involved a lot more, and we may touch on secret societies again, because one thing I found out in these studies is there's a lot of them. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of them. I only touched on some of the most prevalent ones. But there's actually ones that are more interesting, maybe not more interesting than Freemasons, because Freemasons, the, the deeper you dig into Freemasons, the deeper it goes. Um, one of the, in fact, recently, in recent history, um, there was a huge silent, quiet war between Freemasons and the Catholic Church across Mexico. Um, that by itself could probably be an episode, because um, as we know, Mexico is a very Catholic nation. And during recent revolts, it it came down to the revolt was between Catholicism and uh, Freemasonry in a lot of instances. So it's very interesting, the the quiet war that's going back and forth between them. So, um, but uh, yeah, so we may dig deeper into secret societies later. There are other secret, uh, other conspiracy theories we'll probably touch on before that, though, because we have things like, I don't know. Maybe did we land on the moon, or <laughs> is this a flat Earth, or so? <laughs> well, that's what I thought we were going to touch on when we were talking about conspiracies, honestly. Because oh, that'll be a different one. That'll yeah, be a different one. <laughs> yeah, because the, the the term conspiracy theorist, you know, as at, at least as of recently, is used to kind of like end the discussion, right? It's right. it's a mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, I don't get into conspiracy theories. Ah. I win. Whatever you have to say is false. Right. So that's what I thought we were going to touch on. But. Yeah. No. There's I mean, apparently a conspiracy theory that the humanoid reptiles are behind secret societies like the Freemasons <laughs> and the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. plausible. Thank you, David Ike. We need to we need to discuss how the Jesuits run everything. <laughs> but for me, the the names of the groups are secret, but they're not even secret anymore, right? I mean, none of the names, Well, the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, Skull yeah. and Bones, yeah. like Presidents, yeah. Kerry, John Kerry Bush yeah. was part of Skull and Bones and a yeah. lot of things that... And we may, and, and that's what I mean, there's enough of them out there, we may go through and touch on those some more, uh, because one thing I did find out is that there's, number one, there is a lot of secret societies out right. there. 
uh, a lot of them are very prevalent. If you dig deep enough, like these couple we did tonight, you can find actual evidence for them. Yeah. Um, so, and again, there's, if you follow the links inside the slides that are available tonight, which is a really good reason to get more involved with the show and subscribe, uh, you can dig deeper just by hitting the links that, that you will find with the show. Um, we just, we just touch the surface of this stuff oh, to kind yeah. of get things moving and to find out that there's a solid reason to know that there's conspiracy theories out there. Um, it's not all smoke and mirrors. There is actual conspiracies out there. Conspiracy theories out there. There are legit. That's the reason why in the United States, we have laws against conspiracy theory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If it wasn't a thing, we wouldn't have laws against it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. 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 Yeah. So but I think some are intentionally planted in there, like, yeah. you know, aliens or UFOs to, or a flat earth well, to one, make people who question anything that could be legitimate yeah. look like they're crazy. So one of the ones we will be touching on is Roswell. That's one mm. of the ones we will be touching on. That's because I have dug up a plethora of solid evidence around it. Uh, some of it actually involves Dr. Mike Heiser. Yeah, I know you're going to say that, yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's solid evidence around around that theory. And the reason why under on Bible over Bruce we have to dig into this stuff is because a lot of it does touch on the church. You know, like tonight when we go over things like, you know, Freemasonry and stuff, where there does seem to be a correlation between the church and some of these organizations. So we have to dive deep if we're good to, if we're gonna be deep thinkers, we have to dive deep into a few of these things because it does affect us. One thread yeah. I wanted to tug on that just a little bit. I don't yeah. want to take too much time. I don't. But how viable do like these these secret societies that average dudes can join and drive in little cars and wear fezes? Um, how viable do we think they are in the long term? Like I was just googling the numbers real quick, and I guess there's a rough estimate of a, of a million Freemasons in the United States, which sounds at the same time like a lot and not a lot when I consider there's also estimates of like 1.7 million. Knights of Columbus yeah. in the United States, even though I know there's like a pretty big membership crisis in the Knights of Columbus. And if you actually want to look up a kind of a kind of a conspiracy about the Knights of Columbus, it's that that they probably do inflate their membership numbers. So like if the Knights of Columbus are taking a dive on membership, because like you look at millennials and we're just all playing, you know, video games, and eating avocado toast. And like, why would we join a secret order or like a lodge yeah. or whatever? Like, is this stuff viable in the well, long run? I'll put it to you this way. How many congressmen, senators, and presidents are Knights of Columbus? Oh, it's an awful lot. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. How many are <laughs> Freemasons? And plenty, too. <laughs> so it sounds like really what it's becoming is it's like a, it's kind of very narrowly getting that lane of like generational connections for like political families, basically. Yeah. Yeah. To continue to perpetuate power, which in and of itself, even if it's not an active conspiracy, like people like being like, we're all going to do this together. They're just a bunch of people getting together and they're doing it together. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I would say almost the conspiracy almost doesn't lie with the certain names of the groups. Yeah. When you say when you speak of conspiracy, I'm thinking of specific events that occurred, you know, like the American Revolution, like 9-11 or whatever. Not that that was a conspiracy. 
<laughs> everything the government said about that was There's true. There's one related to Freemasons in 9-11, too. <laughs> everything that happened on 9-11, the official story is true. Let me just get that out there. There's no conspiracy theory. But that's what I'm thinking about in terms of could there be any connection to any one group or whatever. Right, right. Not necessarily the fact yeah. that does, you know, Freemasons yeah. rule the world or because that's so general. Right. And it will keep us chasing our own tails. Yeah. And we're not going to run the conspiracy th- conspiracy theories, uh, you know, sequentially. I mean, obviously, we still have. Let's see, coming up recently, we now have uh, the Eucharistic miracles coming up uh, with a guy who actually um, has documentation for for this, showing that they're actually real, um, medical documents, scientific documents showing the doctors involved with them. So we have that coming up. Uh, Michael ba- Michael Barber's coming up, so we'll have him coming on. Because he would like to talk about his new book that he mm-hmm. uh, that he co-authored with Brant Petrie. Um, so uh, we have Brian Gadawa making his triumphant return. So <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to that because he's always fun. Uh, so we uh, coming up. We have quite a few episodes planned out, you know, and hopefully we get uh, you know George back here for a uh, skeptics brulette. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have quite a few coming up. So we're not going to do the conspiracies you know, back to back, but we will be including them in the future just because a lot of them really do touch on the church. They really do. Mm-hmm. And the church gets involved with a lot of them. In fact, I was shocked when I ran the numbers to find out how many churches were involved in flat earth. It's amazing <laughs> how many churches and ministers are involved in flat earth. Ministers. So, yes. So that's one that we will be tackling in the near future as well. I literally, after mentioning it on the show, had the Flat Earth Society reach out to me <laughs> and, <laughs> and ask me about when the episode's coming out. Let's have one of them guest on. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yes, we will be doing it. Let's have one of them so, come on. <laughs> and, and, that, and, and I am hoping to do that. So I'm hoping to do that. So, yeah, yeah so we, we will be bringing that together. So, I yes. don't understand. That one's a hard one. So, yes. So we will. We got to be careful with that one because those people are so good at flinging crap. I mean, you got to be really prepared to take on a flat earther, not because they have a particularly special knowledge, but. (laughs) In in their defense, in their defense, they do put forth solid arguments. I have to give them that. And I would like to go ahead and let them make those arguments. If by solid you mean it's like the consistency of solid excrement, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So we will give them a a, a solid hearing because we want to be generous and we want to let them, you know, get their theories out and talk about it. And and I think it. Let's have open discourse, right? Let's have open discourse. And Gumby can add fart sounds in post production anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So no, but it's it's good though because now we're. You're you're feeling those fires. That's good. That's good. Like, there, there are certain people I just won't argue with. Who's a flatter? I mean, if Shaquille O'Neal was here, if he says the Earth is flat, no. I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, so we will be diving into some of that um, because I think it's it's fun and a lot of it does touch on churches and and religion. We could do some Q too, so. right? What's that? Some Q. Q and I? Oh, so maybe, maybe. It, I, it is on the list. I do have it on the list as a tentative. So maybe, maybe. 
<laughs> Q-Anon and Flat Earth mashup. There we go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's probably some oh. overlap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, let's go. What do we have for number one? What is number one? It's time for the unveiling. It's time for the unveiling. See where are we at? Number one is... Michelob Ultra. Michelob... Oh, Gumby, you had that. I did? Sweet. Yep, Gumby had that one. What do we have for number two? Number two. Yingling. Yinling was number two. Let's see. Who had number two for Yinling? I did. Mm. And uh That's a really good one, isn't it? Yeah, I had that for number two. Let's see. Number two you had ultra you had gold ultra. Okay. Um Yeah, actually number two was actually one of our favorites, wasn't it? Yeah. Well I didn't Gold Ultra. No, that was the. I was like, ah, it's very plain. It was this whatever the second one. Um, if I recall right, when we said number two, we all liked number two. Yeah, number two was. Really dude, good. that was Yenling. Second one was the second one. Number that, two. that was number two. Okay. Yeah, dude. Number. I think number two won. Yenling was the winner. <laughs> that yeah. had the best flavor. Right. Hats off, Yenling Flight. Boom. Right. Yenling Flight. All right. What do we have for number I'm three? <laughs> number three. have the ultra pure gold ultra pure gold let's see that's i had that one let's see i had that for three who else had uh mike you had corona life for three and gumby what you have where's your, where's your th- nope you had you had that one down for two okay all right what's number four well, that leaves us with the corona for number four right yep Yep. Corona for number four, and I had that one for number four. Gumby had that for number four. All right, there we go. So we have Corona Light 4-4 four, four with Gumby and I tied on that one. Yinling, um, I got that one. Oop. Ultra. <laughs> uh, Ultra was what again? Uh, I took them all out of the bag. Thank you, sir. Oh, okay. That was number three. Three, yeah, number three. So I got that one, and Gumby got Michelob Ultra. So I think Gumby, I think you and I tied. I think you and I tied. Bravo. Sweet. Bravo. <laughs> conspiracy going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number two, Yidling Flight. Yeah. Who would have guessed? Yinling Flight's the winner. 2.6 grams of carbs, 95 calories, and 4.2% alcohol. All right. Yeah. All right. Those guys at Yingling are miracle workers. They really are. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> Blind taste test. Yinling Flight won. All right. So let's do a round table. Zechariah, last words. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ser- are you being for real or partly partly joking or partly not joking or what do you think? It's a conspiracy episode, so Keith. I'd like to take this opportunity to remind everyone that there are Freemasons right now at NASA deceiving the public to hide that the Earth is flat. Mm. <laughs> there are documented Freemasons in uh NASA. 
yes, there in are. the Apollo yes, program. There are. Uh, I didn't put their names in here, but you are true. That is true. Yeah. I, <laughs> That's I how mean, conspiracy theories work. Take uh, one little truth and con- go, woo! <laughs> Conspiracies are real. I mean, when you, t- when you open it up from a historical perspective, our revolution was kind of founded on conspiracy. So. Yeah, I mean, it, Freemasons themselves have called it the Great Masonic Experiment. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Like, even though reptiles. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Um, you know, I probably am one of the more mainstream of the group. You know, I don't. Um, I actually didn't recognize most of these names. Um, so I, but I do. The psychology of it is really so. I, I love mm. the informative part of it, learning about these names. But I think that they all do share a psychology behind them. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah it's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. A common one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, please catch us. Hey. We want you to pay for our beers. We enjoy these beers. We enjoy bringing them to you. We enjoy we enjoy sampling them for you. So please drop us a donation on Patreon or at anchor.fm forward slash Bible Over Brews, and we will keep talking about beers for you and trying them for you. In fact, coming up this summer as breweries open up, we will be doing brewery tours mm. for you. We do this for you, not for us. It's, it's not for us at all. It's, it's just, we it's love very, drinking beer for you. It's very unselfish. <laughs> it's a very selfish endeavor. We're trying to help you find the best of the best. Tonight, that was Yelling Flight. All right. Tomorrow, it's going to be somebody else. All right. So <laughs> please reach out to us on every social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. You can find us there. Good fight. Good night. Peace. Godspeed. Adios.